Hello, everybody. On today's show, we are going to be talking all things wildfires, different types of wildfires, how they start, some of the effects of wildfires, and we're going to look at different wildfires happening around the world. I'm Kevin Tankersley, and you're listening to The Environment Today. So I want to start out by getting a definition of what is a wildfire. And a wildfire is defined as an uncontrolled fire that burns in wildland vegetation, often in rural areas. So there's many different kinds of wildfires, and wildfires can happen in almost any ecosystem. But the one thing that's common is that usually they're uncontrolled. And fires need three key ingredients to start. A fire needs fuel. So this can come in the form of any sort of organic material that can burn. Fires need oxygen, and fires need a heat source. And wildfires can burn in any ecosystem, but they're most prevalent when there is dry and dead organic material to be fuel for the fire. So if one of those three parts of a fire is missing, a fire can't start. And in terms of wildfires, there are three main types of wildfires. Uh, The first type is surface fires. And surface fires are the most benign types of wildfires. They only burn things on the surface of the ground, like shrubs and litter and other things like that. And these are the easiest fires to put out because they're not engulfing entire trees. And these types of fires cause the least amount of damage to the forest because trees, which are the backbones of forests and many ecosystems, remain intact. The second type of wildfires are a lot more damaging than surface fires. They're crown fires. And crown fires burn trees from their entire length from the bottom to the top. So usually when you see pictures of wildfires, there are these crown fires just engulfing entire trees. And they are so damaging to the ecosystem because usually nothing survives. These are the most intense and they're the most dangerous. And the third type of wildfire is called a ground fire. They're also sometimes called an underground or subsurface fire. And to me, they're the most interesting because most of the fire actually doesn't happen above ground. It happens underground where there's deep accumulations of peat or similar dead vegetation that over the course of time become dry enough to burn. And these fires move very slowly and they are usually the hardest to fully put out or suppress because the fire can move underground and burn through the roots of trees or other organic material that's underwater. Um, And occasionally during periods of prolonged drought, these fires can smolder underground through the roots all winter long and then reemerge at the surface in the spring. They have many names for this. They're called zombie fires or holdover fires or hibernating fires, but they're becoming more and more prevalent. And that's scary because if we can't put out the wildfires at the end of the season and they survive through the winter and come back, it's really hard to put them out in the long term. And these are becoming more common in more northern areas, such as Russia and Alaska, where normally in fall and winter, the rain would start falling and then eventually snow would start falling and cover up the areas where wildfires are burning. However, if the wildfires are burning underground, they're not going to be put out by snow and rain anymore. So 
those are going to be more common and they're kind of scary. So along with that, I want to talk about what are the most common ways that wildfires start. And there are some natural ways that wildfires start. And the most common way is lightning strike. Trees get struck by lightning. And when they get struck by lightning, they catch on fire. Another way that wildfires start naturally is lava from a volcano or lava from an underground source. Lava is hot, catches things on fire. Uh, another way that wildfires start naturally, it's very rare, but it does happen from time to time, is meteors. Meteors coming down to Earth, they burn up, and when they impact, they can spread that fire to trees or other vegetation if they land in an area with lots of vegetation. And finally is coal seam fires. And a coal seam fire is when an underground coal seam catches fire. And usually this is underground, but it can also happen above ground. And usually it happens around coal mines, and they can cause massive damage. Coal fires are a serious health and safety hazard, and they affect the environment by releasing toxic fumes, igniting grass, brush, and can start forest fires. Uh, one coal seam fire in particular that I want to talk about is the Centralia Mine Fire. And this story to me is just crazy. So coal is just naturally in the earth, but coal seam fires usually start by someone igniting the fire. And the Centralia Mine Fire is a fire that has been burning in the coal mines underneath Centralia, Pennsylvania since 1962. And according to the Christian Science Monitor, it is likely to burn for 250 more years. Um, and this is crazy to me because the fire was initially sent, set by the town of Centralia in order to clean up one of their major trash dumps. And this major trash dump was a pit over 300 feet long and 50 feet deep. And it was built into essentially a repurposed coal strip mine. So they mined into the earth, and with the hole that they left, they used it as a trash dump. And shockingly, when they tried to burn all of their trash, the coal around it and underneath it caught on fire, and firefighters were unable to put it out, <laughs> and the fire moved underground. And 60 years later, the town is essentially abandoned because no one can live in an area that where it's constantly putting out this, these toxic fumes, and small wildfires keep popping up all the time in this area. So those are some of the ways that naturally wildfires can start, even though coal seam fires, are, they can be started by humans. But the large majority of wildfires today are created by humans. According to the Wildland Fire Management Information Branch of the Department of the Interior, over 85% of the wildfires caused in the United States are due to human causes. And some of the most common ways that wildfires start are campfires left unattended. A lot of people don't put their campfires out correctly when they're packing up camp or leaving. And even just some embers or a single spark can start some of the largest wildfires. Another way that wildfires start is by people burning trash and other debris. Sometimes when people are burning trash out in rural areas, they don't have a way to effectively put the fire out once it's done, and it can just run rampant, starting large wildfires. Another way is negligently discarded cigarettes. 
that might seem a little ridiculous, but even the burnt end of a cigarette can start a wildfire if the grass around it is dry enough. Another way is through machine equipment use and machine malfunctions. This happens especially when there are logging or mining equipment that either malfunctions or just spews out things that are going to start wildfires. And one final way that wildfires start is through deliberate acts of arson. There are people that will just go out and set places on fire, and that's not good. So next, I want to talk about some of the benefits of wildfires. Surprisingly, there are quite a few benefits of wildfires. There are certain plants that actually need wildfires to survive. Some of these include manzanita, chamis, lodgepole pine, and scrub oak. Uh, these trees and others have cones or fruits that are completely enclosed in a rosin. And these cones and fruits hold the seeds that the trees need to repopulate and continue on with their species. And this rosin will not open up and release the seeds until it has melted away due to heat. So these trees can only germinate and reproduce when there is a wildfire. After a wildfire, when these seeds fall to the earth, they fall into soil that has been cleared away by the fire, and this soil is full of nutrients, and this gives the next generation of the forest a chance to grow. Wildfires also keep ecosystems healthy. According to the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, wildfires clean the forest floor, and they do this by removing low-growing underbrush, which cleans the forest floor of debris, opens it up to sunlight, and nourishes the soil. It also helps by reducing the competition for nutrients in the soil. So there are less plants fighting for the nutrients in the soil, and this allows established trees to grow stronger and healthier if they aren't destroyed in a forest fire. This is one of the reasons why surface fires are good, because it clears away a lot of the plants on the bottom and lets the trees grow bigger and stronger. And then the new trees that come after the forest fire are able to get a lot of those nutrients and they're able to grow stronger as well. Also, in surface fires, when it clears that brush, it helps prevent these large damaging crown fires because forest fires in the future aren't able to spread as easily if the forest floors are a lot cleaner. Another benefit to forest fires, especially these surface fires, is that they kill diseases. So there are a lot of diseases that can kill trees, and there are a lot of insects that prey on trees. And in fact, more trees die every year from infect infestation and from disease than from forest fires. So forest fires are beneficial in this way because they actually protect trees from other things that are killing them. And some diseases such as Pitch canker and bark beetle infestations are destroyed during forest fires. And one final way that wildfires can benefit an ecosystem is that they can change the ecosystem. Nature goes through change all the time, and that's necessary for survival of an ecosystem. And when a fire comes through and clears out certain plants, it leaves room for new grasses, new trees, new shrubs to grow. And these new plants can provide food and habitat for lots of wildlife species. Also, when a fire removes a lot of vegetation that's crowded around a lake or a river, 
the water supply for the existing and the newer plants is increased. So when there are fewer plants absorbing this water, the streams and rivers are fuller, and this benefits fish and all types of animals that need water. And because there are so many benefits of wildfires to a certain degree, the Forest Service in the US and in other countries do a lot of prescribed burns. And what a prescribed burn is, is when the Forest Service will go into a certain area and they will intentionally start a fire. Now this might seem counterintuitive, but because of the benefits we just discussed, these prescribed burns, if they can stay contained, are actually really good for an ecosystem. Some of the benefits of prescribed burns, according to the US Forest Service, are they reduce hazardous fuels and protect our human communities from extreme fires. So when you clear out the bottom of the forest floor, there's less stuff to burn for when these larger crown fires come through. And if these larger crown fires aren't happening, things are generally much safer for humans and all sorts of animals. Some of the other reasons that we talked about already, they minimize the spread of pests and diseases. They can remove unwanted species or invasive species from an ecosystem. They can improve the habitat for threatened and endangered species, recycle nutrients back to the soil, and they can promote the growth of trees, wild flowers, and other plants. Now, there aren't just benefits of wildfires. There are actually a lot of really bad things that can happen as a result of wildfires. So I'm gonna go through some of the effects on ecosystems first. And the first is soil erosion. A lot of hillsides and just landscapes in general are held together by the roots underneath trees. And if these trees are dead, they're not able to hold the ground together as well. This has a tendency to create a lot of erosion and a lot of the landslides or mudslides that you'll see happen because trees are dying in a certain area, possibly due to wildfire. So after a wildfire comes through, a lot of areas will experience erosion and mudslides. And obviously when a wildfire comes through, animals and vegetation will be killed. And this can be good in some cases, but when there are massive fires, and animals and vegetation are being killed in massive quantities, this is not good for anybody. And if animals aren't being killed, they can be displaced, having to move to an ecosystem or a place they wouldn't normally live. And this isn't good because then these animals are taking up resources from other animals that already live there. Another thing that happens after a wildfire is that if it's in an area where there's a lot of snow, avalanches can become more common and avalanches cause massive destruction to the trees that do survive, and they can re-alter the landscape. Large-scale wildfires also emit lots of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases into the air. And this is doubly bad because the fire is burning down the trees that take in the carbon dioxide and put out oxygen. And then on top of that, the fire is putting out these carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases, which is just speeding up climate change. And Change is good in ecosystems, but when there are too many different plants growing back than the ones that were previous there, previously there, there can often be too much turnover in an area. So along with these negative effects to the ecosystems and environments that we live in, there are specific negative effects that happen to humans as a result of large-scale wildfires. So according to the World Health Organization, wildfires can disrupt transportation, communications, 
power and gas services and water supply to communities. And this is bad for a lot of isolated communities out west if they get completely cut off from the rest of the world. Wildfires are very dangerous to people. Tons of people die every year as a result of wildfire and other people are displaced from their homes. As a result of the smoke, air quality can really deteriorate, which can lead to a lot of public health concerns. Breathing in smoke is bad for you. And if you are breathing in smoke and lower quality air, this can lead to reduced lung functioning. Long-term bronchitis can bring up complications with asthma and can even bring on heart failure if you're not getting the oxygen that you need. Water quality can drop as a result of harmful contaminants entering waterways, either from the burning debris or from the smoke, and this can make it very unsafe for humans to drink and also kill the wildlife in the area. For example, fish can't swim and, and live in contaminated water. Uh, another large effect is the significant loss of land and property that can happen, including homes, crops, farm animals, and resources. According to the Western Fire Chiefs Association, in the United States, wildfires burn an average of 7.4 million acres annually. And in 2020, which was one of the largest years for fires to date, over 18,000 structures were destroyed because of wildfire. And 54% of those were residences. So that's about 9,000 people in the U.S. alone losing their homes. And according to a study done by UNLV, it can take up to 80 years for an area to completely recover from a major wildfire. So although change is natural in nature and it happens, when there's a lar large-scale wildfire, it takes a long time for everything to grow back. Due to climate change, we are seeing more wildfires and larger wildfires than we have in years past. Some ecosystems are becoming more susceptible to wildfires because they are becoming drier due to more droughts. According to the U.S. Forest Service, climate change is likely to change what forests look like after a large fire as well, because plants that are more drought tolerant are more likely to grow back after a fire. So after fires, if there isn't enough water for the plants that were there to grow back, different kinds of plants are going to grow back, and we're going to talk about that a little more later. But droughts are affecting the severity and the commonality of wildfires. Forest fires are more common and more severe in areas affected by droughts. And this makes sense because when an area is drier, fires can start more easily. And also when an area is drier, there is more fuel for the fire to burn. So as we talked about earlier, fires need three things, fuel, a heat source, and oxygen. And areas affected by droughts provide the fires with a lot more fuel to continue burning. So now I wanna talk a little bit about different areas around the world and how they're being affected by forest fires this year and in years past. I'm gonna start with the United States. Most of the forest fires that happen in the US are out west. And 2022 has been the most active wildfire season in over 10 years, according to the National Interagency Fire Center, which is an agency that tracks forest fires. And this year alone, there have been 55,782 separate wildfires and almost 7 million acres of forest burned as of October 12th. And this is up from the 10-year average going back to 2012. On average, there are 46,727 fires every year and 6.5 million acres burned. 
So the acreage burned this summer isn't dramatically higher than in years past. However, there are over 10,000 more forest fires this summer than the average from years past. And drier forests and other areas of the U.S. from droughts this summer have led to an increase in these forest fires. Currently, the majority of the fires burning are in Oregon and Idaho because it's wildfire season there. But there are also many fires burning in other parts of the West, including Washington, California, Montana, and South Dakota. However, some of the largest fires this summer have been in Alaska, and the largest of which is in what is supposed to be a fireproof zone. The East Fork Fire is a fire that happened earlier this summer in the Yukon region of Alaska. And before 2015, there were hardly any fires in the Yukon region. The Yukon is a tundra region, which doesn't normally get wildfires because of how much water stays in the area year-round due to permafrost and the large amounts, large amounts of precipitation that they receive. Also, there are not a lot of trees in tundra regions, so it's harder for wildfires if they do start to spread from one area to another. However, as the tundras are becoming warmer, more plants are growing and they are growing taller, and the land is also becoming drier. And the dry climate is making it easier for wildfires to start, and the larger plants are making it easier for the wildfires to spread. And Rick Thoman, who is a climate specialist with the Alaska Center for Climate Assessment and Policy at the University of Alaska, has said that the frequency of these big wildfire seasons has doubled from what it was in the second half of the 20th century. So wildfire activity in these areas that used to almost never get wildfires has doubled. And one more reason that these wildfires are becoming more frequent in Alaska is due to earlier snowmelt, which is due to warmer temperatures, and also there is less precipitation throughout the summer than there normally would be. Another area of the world that I want to touch on that has seen an uptick of wildfires is Australia. And in Australia, they have a lot of brush fires. There aren't a ton of trees in Australia. It's one of the driest climates on Earth. However, they do have brush fires, which destroy brush and other shrubs of that nature. And because Australia has some of the driest climates of the world, some plants such as bonxias and eucalyptus have adapted to need fire for their seeds to germinate. So like we talked about earlier, their fruits and cones have this rosin on it that melts once they're fire activated. So wildfires are necessary to some extent in Australia. However, 2020 was the worst year for brush fires in recent memory. And the brush fires that summer killed 33 people and almost 3 billion animals. 3 billion and the Worldwide Fund for Nature Australia called it one of the worst wildlife disasters in modern history. So even areas that are used to experiencing wildfires and dry climates are seeing these more severe wildfires that are causing massive destruction. Now I want to go to South America and talk about the Amazon rainforest. The Amazon rainforest is the world's largest intact forest, and currently the rainforest covers 2.6 million square miles across nine countries in South America. And as an ecosystem, the Amazon rainforest is one of the most biodiverse places on Earth. Over 3 million species live in the rainforest, and over 2,500 different tree species live there. So the Amazon is one of the most important ecosystems on the entire planet, and Fires in the Amazon rainforest are not natural. 
moist rainforests are not supposed to burn like that because of the amount of water and rainfall that they get every single year. So almost 100% of the fires that burn in the Amazon rainforest were ignited by people. And on August 22nd, 2012, 3,358 fires were detected in the Brazilian Amazon, according to the Brazilian Space Agency, INPE. And this is the highest number of fires recorded in the Amazon rainforest for any 24-hour period since 2007. And that is a lot of fires burning in an area where it's not supposed to catch on fire. And as I said earlier, most of these wildfires were started by people. Fires in the Amazon are often started intentionally. Most of these fires are started by people that are burning forests to clear land for other uses, such as cattle ranching, growing animal feed, or for illegal logging. And according to Brazilian National Space and Research Institute, there was a 17% increase in fire hotspots in the Amazon over the last 10 years. And besides being one of the most biodiverse ecosystems in the world, the Amazon rainforest is extremely important to the planet because it is one of the largest carbon dioxide sinks in the world, meaning that it has the ability to absorb, absorb carbon from the atmosphere. And experts are saying that if large parts of the Amazon rainforest continue to burn, they could turn into savannas when they grow back because of the warmer climates. And savannas do have their part in the ecosystem of the world. However, we need these rainforests to take in this carbon. So the Amazon rainforest is not going to be able to help us in the way that it normally does if it continues to shrink and dry out. One final place I want to talk about is Indonesia. According to Manga Bay News, this has been the worst fire season for Indonesia since 2015, and it has been brought on by droughts across the Indonesian archipelago throughout the summer. And forest fires happen every year in Indonesia. It's called the burning season, and they have been periodically getting worse and worse over the last 25 years as logging and mining operations have started fires. And these fires are very hard to put out. Because of the droughts that are happening in the region, firefighters aren't able to access easy water. And if the wildfires are far away from the coast, firefighters are having to carry water from a water source long distances to be able to put out the fires. And Indonesia, just like the Amazon rainforest, is very important. According to the Nature Conservancy, the world's third largest rainforest is in Indonesia behind only the Amazon and the Congo basins. And the rainforests of Indonesia are another carbon storage powerhouse that is essential to tackling the global climate change. Just like its other rainforest counterparts, Indonesia is a country that is incredibly rich in biodiversity. According to Profana.net, it is estimated that more than 300,000 species of wildlife live in Indonesia. And that accounts for 17% of the world wildlife, even though Indonesia's land is only 1.3% of the world's land. And these animals are at risks of going extinct because of the wildfires. One species in particular that is at risk is the orangutans. They are losing a lot of their climate and their habitats as a result of these wildfires. And they are an incredible species that aren't found in many places in the world. So now I want to talk about what we can do to prevent wildfires and if they can be prevented. We've all heard Smokey the Bear say, only you can prevent wildfires, and this is sort of true. Some wildfires can't be prevented, such as the ones caused by natural causes like lightning strikes. However, most of the ones created by humans can be prevented. 
And these are some of the guidelines from the Department of the Interior on how to prevent wildfires. And most of these are self-explanatory, but it seems a lot of people aren't practicing good fire safety when they're out in environments that are susceptible to fires. First off, whenever you're building a fire, make sure you follow proper fire safety protocols and ensure that the fire is completely put out before you leave it. A lot of people, when they build a fire outside, like a campfire, they don't fully put it out. If there is just one ember or one spark, especially if it's a windy night or day, a fire can restart up or spread really easily. Uh, secondly, make sure you follow proper vehicle safety protocols, especially if you're in an area with tall dry grass. Make sure you don't drive over tall dry grass because car exhaust can reach temperatures of up to 1,000 degrees and create sparks. And these sparks can ignite fire, which can in turn create forest fires. Next up, check regulations for fireworks and don't use fireworks or any sort of smoke in dry areas. Fireworks cause 19,000 fires every year in the United States, according to the Department of the Interior. And going along with this, don't have a gender reveal party outside if you're going to use fireworks or any sort of pyrotechnics. This is ridiculous, but... In 2017, a fire started by sparks from a gender reveal party caused 47,000 acres of damage, which is the equivalent of 76 square miles of damage from a forest fire in Arizona. And the El Dorado fire in 2020 in California was caused by a pyrotechnic device from a gender reveal party. And this fire burned for three months, caused 35 square miles of damage, and killed a firefighter trying to put it out. So be extremely careful if you're using fireworks, especially outside. Finally, be careful if you're burning debris. Like all fires, the fires from burning debris can spread, especially if it's windy. And if you are burning trash or litter, which I don't recommend, make sure that you have a way to properly put the fire out before you start it. I want to finish things off by saying that although wildfires are natural and they are part of what happens in nature and they're part of change of ecosystems, the ones caused by humans are causing massive damage all across the world. And they're becoming more and more prevalent as the seasons are becoming more and more drier and we're experiencing more droughts across the globe. So although we might not be able to prevent all forest fires, we all need to be doing our part to prevent the ones that we can prevent. Because Without the ecosystems that we are losing as a result of these wildfires, climate change is only going to speed up and become more catastrophic than it already is. Thanks for listening to the episode today. If you want to support us, you can follow along on Spotify or YouTube or wherever else you get your podcasts. And be sure to join us next week as we talk about carbon footprints and what is a carbon footprint. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot, but I feel like not a lot of people understand what a carbon footprint actually is. So once again, thank you for listening and stay safe out there.